0: Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. In the New King James Version, and uh, we are in our Goodness of God series, and this is week two. Last week, we focused on um, His power to change things for the better around us, especially when we follow His will and enjoy His promises, right? Today, I'd like to focus on how God wants to show us his goodness and its mind-blowing effects that God has. So we open up in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, and the Lord passed before him, him being Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. And let me just say this before we get into this and pray and, and get into the service I want you to know something. There is so much benefits, blessings, character of God that is supposed to positively impact us written throughout the Bible that if we began to try to extract the goodness of God, we would find ourselves with very, very little uh, to be able to put our faith in. I'm telling you that at the very beginning and the core of who God is, is His goodness for you and me. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Amen. Let me pray. Precious Father, I thank You for Your goodness. and I pray, God, that You speak to our hearts and our minds and help us, Lord God, as we ascertain, as we try to understand, as we try to comprehend the greatness and the goodness that You possess and that You have for us. We thank You. We love You. We honor You in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Amen. Give somebody a high five next to you. There might be little ones next to you and just say, Hey, I'm looking forward to having a good day today. Emphasis on today. Everybody say today. Now, um, I usually start off with a little story, and I want to kind of seat what I'm trying to talk about today. And, um, you know, as I was a young person, um, there were many times that that I would have friends over, and my parents had a conversion van, um, you know, the one that you could have the seat in back. It was that ugly orange color inside. Do you know what I'm talking about with the pinstripes, right? And there's the white one with the, with the brown. Yes. All right. You get it. And, uh, many times we would have friends stay over and we would uh, stay out in the driveway in the van and we'd sleep there over the evening. And usually at some point in the evening, festivities we would begin to talk about things that we didn't know much about or that were a little scary perhaps you know and trying to freak people out and then you start hearing all the sounds outside or maybe it was just me but anyway that's some of the things that we did and you know one time many times there was a variety of topics that came up but I'm sure at one of those times we talked about Bigfoot right you know the Chewbacca look-alike idea, Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot is a um, is a, a mythical creature that is supposed to live in the North Pacific area of the United States in the woods and uh, has big feet and is also known as Sasquatch, right? And um, now whether that's true or not, that there is a Bigfoot or not, I'm not trying to go there. But I'm just saying that, that uh, we would talk about that and we would, we would try to ascertain who Bigfoot was and learn a little bit about Bigfoot and, and know a little bit. And this is before the internet, I know, mind-blowing. So it was all fables and it was stories and stuff. And so um, I have a couple jokes for you. Are you ready? Uh, knock, knock. Achoo. I is too small to fit on Bigfoot. Yeah, all right. That was bad. Okay. <clears throat> we thought it was serious when Bigfoot hurt his foot because it can take so long to heal. That was bad too. All right. I heard Bigfoot finally got married. I guess he met his soul mate. Okay. All right. Joking aside, we may not know or believe in Bigfoot going this long, not being found or identified, according to some. But there is a lot that we do not know in our world alone. What lives in the deepest recesses of the ocean or the deepest parts of the Amazon where humans haven't really explored What kind of marine lives or animals? I mean, isn't it amazing that reptiles are supposed to never stop growing until they die? And you wonder how big some of those reptiles might be. How large some of these animals might be. But I love reading in Job chapter 40 and 41. It talks about two of uh, God's created creatures. One is behemoth and one is Leviathan. Behemoth is known to have um loins that are powerful meaning that they're big Uh, a tail that's the size of a cedar its nose pierces the reeds uh some people might say a brontosaurus others might say that that is an alligator but nevertheless it is something that god points to and then the leviathan of course is is has scales that are so Tightly fit together that that no air can escape or get in. And it is like armor. And In, in fact, in, in Job 41, 19 through 21, it says, Lightning leaps from its mouth. Flames of fire flash out. Smoke steams from its nostrils like steam from a pot heated over burning rushes. Its breath would kindle coals for flames shoot from its mouth. I mean, it sounds to me like a dragon. Maybe, maybe not. The point of these verses and these chapters is why God is talking to Job about these creatures was because they are powerful animal creations that God made. And if people should be careful dealing with these, how much more dealing with the creator of them? Because God is superior to anything that we encounter. What I'm trying to say is that I'm not really in search of dinosaurs or dragons or even Bigfoot. I'm just saying that God has more to show us about himself than we can even imagine. Let me try that again. That was my point. I'm not in search for dinosaurs or dragons, even Bigfoot. I'm just saying that God is more to show us to Himself than we can even imagine. (laughs) Sometimes you have to just pull it out. You just have to. But shouldn't that be the case, honestly? Shouldn't that be the case? He created the chemicals in our body. He created the atoms. How our body grows. He created the world we live in with the periodic. Uh, Table of different elements whether metal or not and how everything interacts with each other gases solids, right? Um, um, Water uh, all of those things not to mention space not to mention the little gravity that it has out there The the planets the stars black holes stuff that the nebula that we don't even understand I'm telling you God is so much bigger than we can even comprehend So the scripture, Dana, that that doesn't surprise me so much is when the Bible says that we're going to go to heaven and we're not even going to be able to understand how awesome it is because there's so much we don't understand now. (sighs) So I bring this to a point. God, my point for this sermon is that God wants to reveal his goodness to us. I mean, that's... That's exciting in itself because there's so much that I don't know. There's there's so much that I can't put my hand on. Usually I think that we find ourselves locked in a box. Is usually when we think we know everything that's happening in that box. And then that's where hope is lost. That's where faith is, is reduced. But I want you to know that God is so much bigger than any box we could ever construct. God loves to show glimpses of his presence, let alone the times that we feel his presence. His goodness compels him to reveal himself. There's this young son, Doug, who is looking at a full moon and he asks his mom, is God in the moon? His Mom explained, God is everywhere. Is he in my tummy? Doug wanted to know, well, sort of. She responded, not sure where the questions were leading. Then Doug declared, God wants a banana. (laughs) I don't believe that we will see all his goodness, but we will see glimpses of his goodness in our lifetime. I feel to pause there for a second. What I'm trying to say is it doesn't really matter the situation or the environment that you're currently in. God is bigger than it. Hmm. Psalms 27, 13 and 14 says, "Yet, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. By the way, this is inspired scripture, by the way. God inspired scripture. This is truth goes on, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. In other words, J.D. Greer said this, his goodness is in the now. Not just in the sweet by and by, of course he's referring to heaven. Not just in the sweet by and by, by God's grace, we wait expectantly. Asking him to pour out his goodness now in the land of the living. How many of you believe that? How many of you want that? How many of you want to see the goodness of God begin to pour out? The the mysteries that God has begin to interact with our faith and our understanding and even our, our witness. I want that. I want, I want to see God. I want to see His will come to fruition. I want to see the power of God begin to move and interact. And, and I, I, want, I want to be a part of it. I want to know it. Isn't it isn't something we just talk about, it's something that the scripture is saying that we get to witness, but also something we need to pursue or desire. If I could write a book. I think a great title would be this. Finding the goodness of God. Dot, dot, dot. Today. Finding. The goodness of God. Today. I guess I'm trying to talk to someone today. And say that. Your today matters. What you do in the moment matters today. And also, where would you put your faith? I'm saying put it in the goodness of God. All, all these great things that bu- bubble out of God into our lives and the gifts that he gives. All of those things, he, his gifts are powerful. They, they don't come with setbacks. Last week, we spoke about people looking for the goodness of from other sources rather than from God. And then they find themselves overdrawn drawn or without money and, and in a bad relationship, lost in addiction, ad ah, ad But God gives us gifts and blessings without downsides. I feel like you need a scripture for that. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says, The blessings of the Lord make a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now it may not be money rich, but it's rich in the ways that matter most in our best interest. You can be rich in love. You can be rich in peace. Right? You can be rich in security. You can be rich, in, right? The the glory of God. You can be rich in the grace of God. And without takebacks, feel like you want another scripture for that. I would agree, Romans eleven twenty nine. For God, God's gifts and His call can never. Be withdrawn. That's powerful. So my message is to you. God has something for you today. It is for you to search, reach for God, ask him to reveal himself in a part of his goodness to you. But no matter the situation you're in, God is present. And I believe that we should ask God to see his presence. Why not? I mean there is precedent for that. Get it? Presence pres Yep. Makes me think of the story of Moses wanting to see God. Everybody remember that? Right? I mean he he's up on this mountain um, God is moving, God is acting, all these kind of things. You know, there's been these amazing things that have happened. And he says, hey, I, I think I want to see God. This is our opening scripture, right? Where, where the glory of God shows himself. Now, fun fact I need you to consider is that Moses in his lifetime would constantly see the result of God's existence. I mean, don't you think that's a little odd that, that he... He wants to see God, yet he sees his existence all the time, right? The stick, he hits the rock, and the water comes out, right? He hears the voice of God. Hey, he's like, hey, listen, take off your shoes, burning, right? I'm not going to take them all off, but, right? Take them off, burning bush, begins to speak to you. That might be a weird, weird, weird encounter, but that was God. God calling Moses to do something amazing, or how about finding manna on the ground every morning, food that they could eat, sustain them? Or, or the idea of seeing that their shoes and their their clothes never wore out. <laughs> These are examples of what God is. Uh, here's here's a big one. Um, how about how about a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke during the day, leading you where to go? Or how about when the when the people would go into the tabernacle and they go into the holiest of holies and, and the Shekinah glory would descend on the holiest of holies and God would, would lick up, he would literally lick up the blood sacrifice that was there and, and absolve all, or move all sins for one more year. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, so, so why is God saying, hey, listen, I want to see you. If I was God, I'd be like, Bro. I'm showing you all day long, right? I'm in the house. Sometimes in our human spirit, we just want more, right? We just want to see God. He desired to see God's presence. And by the way, he wanted to see God that day. So let's get caught up to speed before God reveals himself in the story. I'm in in Exodus chapter 33. We're starting in verse 16. Now I want you to know that Moses and God are having a conversation about God being with the people of Israel and they being his people. So here we are. How will anyone know that you look favorable on me, on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people of the earth. Now, wait a minute, all you theologians. Isn't God omnipresent? He's everywhere all at once. And yet Moses is having this conversation with God. It's it's almost like Moses understands something. He understands there is a a part of his essence, right? And the difference of his essence and that there might be a difference between his felt presence, that his intention, his, his felt intentional presence. And that's what I'm talking about today. I know God is everywhere, but I'm saying, God, I want to feel your presence. I want to see your intentional presence in my life today. That's what we're talking about here. That's what Moses is talking about. He understood God's essence is different than God's felt intentional presence. Here's another story. Maybe you've heard the illustration of the young boy that couldn't sleep during a storm. And so his mom says, go to sleep, honey. He's like, I can't. I'm scared. Jesus is with you, honey. I need someone with skin on. Have you ever been in that situation? You're like, I just, I just need someone with skin on. And then you get a phone call. And then somebody shows up right at your door. I don't mind telling you that many of my earlier notable experiences with God was when I felt his presence. Have you ever felt his presence? In fact, it was those moments that underscored or boosted my faith when I didn't feel his presence during some specific hard time. See, having moments with God are a must-have in a Christian's life. The intentional, felt, presence, God-encounter moments. It is something so profound and nothing can be compared to it. No adrenaline moment, no drug, no material gift, no surprise party. Nothing. Nothing can even compare and this is where moses was he he knew their future and present would be safe with god would be present and again what i'm talking about the felt intentional presence of god verse 17 the lord replied to moses i will indeed do what you have asked for i look favorably upon you and i know you by name and moses is like i don't know that's good enough (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm still in the Bible, right? I'm still here. I I mean, he didn't say, I don't know. I'm just saying I know the human condition, okay? But here's what he does. He begins to push. He's probably thinking, well, I've gone this far. Why not, (laughs) right? And Moses responds, and he says, then show me your glorious presence. I think there's, Two types of faith. Okay? This is Rob talking. Just go with me for a second. I think there is why faith. And I think there is why not faith. Okay? Um, We look at the Bible and we say, there's some that would say, why do I need to be baptized? And there's others say, why not get baptized? You see that? Be careful that your wise don't restrict you from an amazing moment from God. If it's in the Bible, in context, of course, why not believe? Why not engage? Why did God baptize everyone with his spirit and they began speaking in other languages that they didn't understand? Why not? I mean, I could go to James and I could talk about how the tongue is the most unruly factor and that nobody can contain it and maybe that God wanted to contain it and show us how to do that. I could say that. But I'd rather say, why not? I mean, if it's in his word, right? Why not? Here's one. Why should I consecrate how I present myself through my actions, my behaviors, and my lifestyle? Why not? I mean, isn't it all about showing the glory of God as best as we can, right? I mean, see, why faith and why not faith? Does God give reasons and benefits from what we are asked to do at times in His Word? He does. Does God ask us to do things that we don't have reasons for? Has anybody ever had that happen? He does. Then why not? What do we lose? What do we gain versus gain? I, I know this. I, I don't want to miss out. Here's my desire. I don't want to miss out on what God might have for me in the moment. I've shared this story before, but I'll share it again. Um, I was working at UPS, and uh, United Parcel Service, and during that time, I was working alongside a lot of people, and and there were some times that God would say, "Hey, you should talk to them about me," and I'm like, ah, "I don't want to look crazy, so I'm not going to do that, right?" Or I'd begin to talk to them, and there's this one time where I began to talk to. I said, "God, if 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 you want me to talk to somebody, open up an opportunity." I walk in uh, at the 15-minute break or 10-minute break. I don't remember what it was. Seemed too short anyway. Um, this person asked me a question. I'm like, oh my goodness, God actually answers my prayer. Well, why, why wouldn't he? You know, like I'm all blown away by this. Well, there was another time that I felt like I should talk to this person, all right? I never did. I'm in church, worshiping, doing what we do, and enjoying church and everything. And this guy walks up, and he's like, you go here? I'm like, yeah, we work at UPS. And he's like, really? I go here. When did you start coming? I'm like, dude, I've been here for Adler, right? You know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> He's and he said this. He said, "Why didn't you tell me about this?" Why not? All right. Back to the scripture verse 19. Are you with me? This is kind of surprising. Now we we recognize that he asked about his glorious presence, right? Show me your glorious presence. In verse 18, verse 19, the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I'm going to call out my name. And I'm gonna give comfort to those I want to get comfort, forgive those that I want to forgive. Right? He, he begins to lay out his will, but notice that he didn't say glorious presence; that he actually defined it to his goodness. That that was the thing that was going to walk in front of him, and as to show himself, he delivers to show goodness. Now. We don't have to worry when we, uh, here's my point, we don't have to worry when we call on God because his goodness is coming. Hear me. When you call on God, when you extend faith and say, God, I need you, do you think he's like, oh, good, I'm so glad, Nancy, you called me, I'm bringing my wrath. It doesn't even make sense. God's goodness is what reveals himself to and and it's the it's the thing that Pushes him to want to reveal himself to you You know it reminds me that comforting scripture they sang about it in in the last song Psalms 23 6 surely I guess I get it surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life yet another promise So whatever your situation, whatever your health problem, whatever your relationship dynamic, invite God's presence. And here's the point, today. Because it is goodness that is coming. Musicians, you can come. Of course, if you're aware of the story we see the tangible presence of God show itself, right? It's more than a human can handle. And I would like to reiterate my opening point. Remember when I said God has more to show us about himself than we can even imagine. And I want to add this and contain. I'm talking about abundance. I'm talking that God has a set of resources that can touch our lives that will remarkably... Indescribably change our life if we desire So here God is talking to Moses. He says by the way, don't look directly at my face No one can see me and live in other words you a you are gonna die If you do The Lord continues look, I know you want to see so stand near me on the rock And as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and uh, with my hand until I pass by. And then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. And let me tell you this. God is supposed to lead in your life. We're not supposed to move beyond God. In other words, our God is more than enough for anything we end up facing. His goodness can outshine the sun. Now let's go to our opening scripture. Exodus 34, 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, longsuffering and abounding in goodness and truth. This was his description of himself as he passed before him. The next part of their conversation dealt with pardoning sin in the people from God. And there may be some within the sound of my voice here today that are carrying a load or a weight of sin. And I want you to know that this is the point. We were focusing on him showing his goodness. But it's what his goodness does. His goodness takes away iniquity would you stand with me now watch this the coolest part is that god makes a covenant that stands for all time watch what he says skipping skipping down to verse 10 and he said behold i make a covenant Before all your people I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation and all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Listen, someone needs to hear this today. God made a covenant with you and is here today. Even if you lost sight of God, Maybe you got distracted. God is here and he's ready to act on his covenant in full force. A covenant is like a love contract, right? I am going to do this for you. It's different than a contract where everybody spells out what they're supposed to be doing. We don't have anything that we can do. We don't have anything good enough to offer God. And yet it's his goodness that meets us at the altar. When I say altar, I'm not just talking about this space right here. I'm talking about what an altar signifies. An altar is a place where you come to worship something larger than yourself. In the tabernacle, they'd bring bulls and they'd bring rams and they'd bring birds and they'd bring sheep and, and everything. All these things they would do to get God's attention and to do something for God. The Bible says that your praise is a sacrifice. That we can offer up a sacrifice of praise. I want you to know something. It's not fair. It's not fair what I bring to the table to God. And yet he, because of his goodness... He pours out grace. Because of his goodness, he takes away, doesn't the Bible say in John, First John 1, 9, it says, confess your faults unto the Lord and that he'd be faithful, forgive. And so today, my point today is that that God has something for you today and I'm, I'm asking you not to walk away. He wants to reveal his goodness today, and I think it would be right for us to take some time and entreat God to show His presence or His goodness in our time of reflection to show us goodness today in your life. Now, don't come yet. Hold on. Remember that Mo- Moses pursued and asked, and God blew his mind, gave a covenant and promised to always be a felt, intentional presence in his life. Someone had asked evangelist Dwight Moody, some of us know him as D.L. Moody, how he managed to remain so intimate in his relationship with Christ. And he replied with this I thought it was fitting. He says, I have come to him as the best friend I have ever found, and I can trust him in that relationship. I believed he is a savior, I believed he is God. I believed his atonement on the cross is mine. I have come to him and submitted myself on my knees, surrendered everything to him, gotten up and stood by his side as my friend. And there isn't any problem in my life. There isn't any uncertainty in my work that I turn and speak to him as naturally as is someone in the same room. I have done it these years because I can trust Jesus. So let me leave you with one more challenge found in Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. It says, Taste, Taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man that trusts in him. So today, I'm opening up the offering, off, altar. The altar may be at your chair. It may be here. But I'm asking you to come and ask for the tangible, felt, intentional presence of God to step into your life today. God has something, very, something so powerful for you today. And I believe that there's freedom. That's going to happen today. I, I believe that there's healing, and I believe that sins are going to be wiped away, that they're going to be cleaned because of our God. And that is the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is that we don't have enough, but he does have enough. So would you please come? Let me pray with you. Precious Father, I pray, Lord God, for everyone that steps and takes a step of faith here today and offers up your power and asking that you would do an amazing work in their life today. Touch people's lives. Take away sin. Give healing. Give freedom. Give power in this place. We call on you in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ.